Think about the boxes that bring your online orders, the labels around your multivitamins, or the tubes that hold your toothpaste. It's all part of a growing industry that offers many exciting job opportunities. Today, we're excited to welcome Adam Peak, the packaging pastor, to discuss the often overlooked but fascinating world of packaging. Adam hosts the People of Packaging podcast and is a VP at Myers Printing. His work has made him a sustainability consultant, sales trainer, global keynote speaker, and children's book author. Get ready to change the way you think about packaging. This is Career Chats with Katie and Robin. So Adam, you refer to yourself as the packaging pastor for the packaging industry, but how did you find yourself in this industry? Well, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I uh, graduated from college uh, from the Colorado State University, the Harvard of the Rockies, go Rams, and I got a business degree. And uh, so naturally, I became a pastor. <laughs> I went, I became, a, I was a college pastor at Colorado State and uh, got married and was raising support, if you're familiar with that. So I didn't get a paycheck. I had to go ask people to make donations. It was, it's a tough job and I uh, wasn't making a lot of money. My wife uh, got pregnant with our oldest son, who's now 16. And I was looking for work. I needed kind of a more stable job. She was a teacher and she really wanted to be able to stay home with our child. And I wanted her to be able to do that. And so I just started looking for a job and got a job working for my uncle, Peak Packaging Solutions in Carlsbad, California. And so I moved from Fort Collins to North County, San Diego. And that's how I got my start in the packaging industry. That was 2007. And still here. What was your first like job there? I was the general manager, which means I generally managed to do a lot of various tasks. It's a small family owned business. We were a packaging design and distribution company. And so we would help companies design their packaging either structurally or we'd connect them up with graphic designers. And then we would uh, we would basically broker it out or buy it out, bring it into a warehouse and then distribute to them. So I did. I put together crates for a biotech company out of plastic corrugated and foam. Um, I folded boxes in the warehouse. I did deliveries uh, twice a week. So I'd leave at about 5 a.m. and go do deliveries. Um, I learned accounting. I eventually became the procurement person. So I did all of our purchasing and our customer service. I started up a Salesforce CRM. Um, I got to do a ton of stuff. It was a it was a really fun job. I was in the office a lot. So I kind of got uh, I got an MBA before I actually did the education to get my MBA. Um, but I, I learned every aspect of the business, ironically, except for sales. Uh, which is where I've spent the better part of the last decade is in selling packaging. And then I got an opportunity to pursue my passion, which was still in pastoral ministry. So I moved back from San Diego to Colorado Springs and I started a church with, uh, with some other guys that I knew, some of whom I didn't know, and pastored there actually for eight years, all the while still working a full-time job in the packaging industry. And it was about maybe four years into that, so right around 2014-ish, that I started to realize I don't I can I can do the things that I feel like compelled and called to do in in this in this industry. 
I started to realize how amazing the packaging industry was because it was first like, uh, like pack. You know, it's like boxes and <laughs> packaging. It's just like, bleh. and like nobody's excited about it. You're just when you tell somebody that at a dinner party. Do they do dinner parties anymore? That seems like something that probably doesn't happen that often. But in a hypothetical dinner party, you you tell somebody, "Yeah, I sell packaging," and they're like, "Sweet." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, they just are like somebody else is talking to me at this, this fictional dinner party. Uh, but I started to see that I got to, I realized everybody is a packaging buyer and every single thing from the mic and the carpet in your room to the chair, to the drywall, to the, to the nails and the screws that go into it, to the wood, everything involved packaging. And I was like, whoa. This is a much bigger industry. I was dealing, I was working with people in the cannabis space, nonprofit, vitamins, health and beauty, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, medical devices, and that all needed packaging. And I was like, this is a really rad industry. And I started to look around and I thought, no one's really talking about it. And, and I'm a trained pastor. I communicate for you know, not a living, but I, I was at that time preaching every other week. And so I was just dumb enough to say, maybe I'll just be somebody who will talk about this in the spaces where the congregation quote unquote was, which was at the time, you know, LinkedIn and has continued to grow and through various online and in-person spaces. That's awesome. This is all like fascinating to me. I've never known one person in the packaging industry. And when Ro when Robin told me about you, I was like, that's our guy. We need other people to learn about what this is. Well, and ever since I met you, Adam, I, I've been so, my eyes been open and I look at packaging everywhere now. In fact, just last night, my kid had a package that they've been waiting for that came in the mail from a small business owner and they were like look at the sticker and look at the stamp like they really know how to package it in a way that gets you excited to open it and and i was like oh adam you'd be proud <laughs> yes. i love it i love it that's great but and it's always things that we've noticed we've always known about this there's a reason you know the iphone has been out since 2007 and people that was the first, maybe not the first, but that was one of those interactions where people were like, this packaging is beautiful. And they just kept it for no, they, people didn't even know why they were keeping it. They were just like, I, I can't, it's like art to some people. They just couldn't throw it away. Um, and, and it's, it's continued to grow and evolve, not only in design, but also in importance since then. So, um, you know, I bet I took a bet on packaging that I was going to stay in it. Uh, you know, like I said, right around 10 years ago and I, feel pretty vindicated in my in my bet that I made. Nice. So at this point, you are the senior vice president of sales. True. So what does a typical day look like for you at this point in the game? Oh, boy. I don't have too many typical days. So I, I have a really amazing opportunity at Myers Printing. So Myers Printing is based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, I, I've, I've had a lot of really great experiences in the past, I've worked for a company called WS Packaging, I worked for a company called Forda Solutions Group. Actually, today I just had lunch with somebody that I used to work with at, at WS Packaging. I've stayed really in, in close touch with them. But the cool opportunity for me was as I was sort of emerging online and creating content and making this podcast and doing all this 
what you know, kind of like blue ocean versus red ocean marketing. There were there were always people that would sort of jab at me, you know, like here comes Mr. LinkedIn and I'm surprised you got on time to the meeting. You were busy, you know, replying to comments, just sort of like from leadership, right? And and it was always a little disconcerting. I had one company tell me that they needed to approve every LinkedIn post and every podcast guest I was going to have. It wasn't a whole company, just a person there. I thought that's really short-sighted. I'm not sure why you would do that. And um, and and so Myers, I, w- I had actually left because I was going to do full-time consulting and media. I I thought I've got a chance to take this podcast and my speaking and and do some sustainability consulting and and make a full-time job out of this. And I had reached out to Myers to to also do like sales consulting and really hit it off with the, Chris and Michael Dillon, who are the co-majority owners. And they they told me the most freeing thing, which was, no, do more of it. Get out there more. We we don't want to we don't want to hold you back from that because the more that you're out there and we trust who you are, we trust your integrity. Not that people didn't trust me, but it was just so new and different. I think it was hard to corral. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't want to we don't want to corral. We want you to just, you know, run, run. Dobby is a free elf. Like I just got to like they really encourage that. And so, you know, for me, I have uh, I 16 people that report to me. Uh, on the sales team, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm a traditional senior vice president of sales in our space. Um, I don't do a ton of you know like reporting and you know meeting with the board and all that stuff. I do a little bit of it, but I spend a lot of my time kind of out on the front lines, trying to find new prospects, trying to find new customers, supporting the sales team at every turn, fighting for them internally, creating content and podcasts so they can go share. Speaking at events, I might be I might be going to COP28, which is the United Nations uh, climate change uh, summit in Dubai. Uh, so I just get to go be in spaces where now regulation and policy is happening. And so I don't have a typical day is what I'm trying to tell you. And I wanted to be able to quote Harry Potter. And so I just had to take a long way to get there. It was perfect. Uh, it was perfect. But I can tell you that. I, thank you. I can tell you that my uh, I can tell you that my day is typically full. I have maybe one day a month where I don't look at my calendar and have you know ten to twelve things set up to do. I'm a I'm actually a pretty organized person when it comes to time management. I realized early on I have 114 hours a week, and either time is going to happen to me or I'm going to make my time happen. And so I became very passionate. I tracked every hour of every day for three years of my life. And I have five children and I just, just one wife and I have five kids, which is how I prefer it. Um, and, and so I needed to know what was going to happen every day. I, I just, I, I had to plan it or else I was just going to get enveloped by the tsunami of life. And so it sounds like I don't really have a plan but every day is pretty well structured and planned out. It just looks different from week to week and day to day. So with all these examples you gave us of things that you do, what do you think are your most favorite and least favorite? My most favorite thing to do for my job is uh, interview people on a podcast. So I, I, I'm enjoying being on the other side of this because it's a 
different experience for me. But I've done over 215 interviews at this point, um, which is a lot. And and I keep finding more awesome people to talk to in the packaging industry. So I love the the raw, real conversations that I get to have with people. Um, I believe that everybody, I'll get a little bit theological here because I, I really firmly believe that everybody has has intrinsic worth, value, and beauty that has been that has been bestowed upon them by their creator, that, that they they have what's called the Imago Dei, which is the image of God, and that I get to find that and see that in everybody, not just Christians, that would be crazy. Every single human being. Um, I've spent time in in India. I've spent time in Rwanda. I've spent time in uh, in Nepal. I've been to almost every continent except for Antarctica. And you just get to see people and and you get to be with people. And so to be able to have those conversations to me is is the my most favorite part of my day. My least favorite part of my day is expense reports. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. They're, yeah, I have nothing theological to say about expense reports other than they have to happen or else my credit card interest goes up. And so I have to do that. That's understandable. But also, it seems like a very vice president of sales task. It's yeah, I approve them. Approving them is fine. Uh, filling out my own. I don't enjoy <laughs> understandable. Well, it seems like with your schedule being so, like you said, not typical, it seems like certain personalities are going to thrive in this job versus other personalities. So what sort of people do you think would really thrive in the kind of work that you do, both as the the senior vice president, but also just in the industry as a whole? Like I think Katie and I are both very fascinated with the packaging industry, knowing that your job is one piece of that big puzzle. Um, so like what sort of people do you think would really do well in this industry and in the work that you're doing? So there's a... The, the industry as a whole is gigantic. I mean, it is a massive global industry. Actually, Robin, when we met, I, I use this example in the TEDx Lake City talk about how it's kind of like packaging inception, where if you have a if you have a bottle of vitamins and that bottle, there's a there's a container and there's, you know, maybe some of the like cotton on the inside of it. And then there's a label that goes around the outside. And then there's a there is an induction seal on the top and then that bottle is going to go into a box and that box is going to go inside of a shipper box and that shipper box is going to sit on a pallet and that pallet is going to have a little V-board that goes up the side and all of that's going to get wrapped with stretch wrap and that's going to get shipped away. All of that is considered packaging. And the thing is that all of that packaging that I just discussed needs raw materials to go to the place where it gets made. And all of those raw materials are in packaging that nobody ever sees. And all of that packaging that was used as packaging to make the packaging also needed packaging. And it's just, it's this, it's this crazy world that people are totally unaware of. You know, it's a trillion dollar global industry um, by, by, you know, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, but it's really big. And, you know, we think of just like Amazon boxes, but there's so much complexity that goes into even just making a, a corrugated box like the Amazon box that you might get. And so because of that, within the industry, it is an industry that is open to every personality because the industry needs finance people. The industry, there, you can get a degree in packaging engineering uh, from multiple 
um, universities in the U.S., UW-Stout, Michigan State, Clemson, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, uh, Rutgers, RIT, University of Florida. I probably, probably forgot another one. Virginia Tech, uh, San Jose State. So all of these places you can get a degree or a doctorate degree in packaging engineering. Uh, there's also packaging design, laying out graphics on a two-dimensional plane that ends up on a three-dimensional box is an art and a science in and of itself. And there's a ton of really high level, highly skilled packaging designers, structural engineers, salespeople, marketing, you know, senior level people. I had a CEO who used to be the CEO of mattress firm. And then he was a CEO of a packaging company. So it's big enough that I, I truly believe anybody can find a niche in the industry. Mm-hmm. The hard part is we're not very good at telling people that we exist. <laughs> so because you kind of want to not you kind of want to not know. Right. Because the minute you know about packaging, it's either really cool packaging, but you usually find out about it when you're like, this box is huge for this little eyeliner. That's crazy. What a waste. Or plastic is in the ocean and and you know, and whales are dying, and it's like that's plastic sucks, mm. and and then you know, it, and then it ends up in places not supposed to be, and so then it gets a bad rap, and then you know, like the the plastic uh, six pack holders and their and their shit. So like the only time it's really talked about is bad. It's negative. It's awful. What we don't talk about for for example with something like plastic is it does have negative things to it. And I don't work for a plastic manufacturer or a company that makes plastic. So I don't actually gain anything from speaking positively about plastic, but it's like, we don't understand the positive components of how have we grown as a population in the world from a billion people to like 8 billion people since 1900. How have we sustained and fed those people and created healthcare and, and, you know, pharmaceuticals, all of that is highly impacted by the, by the advancements of plastic and the barriers that it, that it uses and its ability to transport and hold temperatures and keep stuff fresh Mm -hmm. that doesn't really get discussed. And so that's the reason why people don't know about it. And that's the reason why I don't think that there's as much highly talented people who are like, I want to go. Certainly there are highly talented people in packaging, but it's not like a career that people want to get into because nobody knows about it. They don't know how incredible it is. So let's pretend that people are listening and they say, oh, my gosh, what Adam is talking about is exactly what I want to do with my life. What do you say to them if they're thinking about entering the industry? What do they need to do to get into it? It is a growing industry. It is fairly recession resilient um, because if, you know, when, when there's an economic downturn, people still buy stuff. They still need medicine. They still need contacts. They, as, as long as the population is growing, the packaging industry will continue to grow. Um, I tell them there's, there are hundreds of thousands of job openings right now. You don't, you don't need a degree. If it's a high school student, I, I would encourage them to either get a business degree and try to find an internship or go to one of the schools you know, if they, if they want to be an engineer, packaging engineering, you'll almost always have a job. Okay. I, they're, they're always looking for, for highly qualified packaging engineers. doesn't feel sexy when you're like, I'm a civil engineer. It's like, wow, you do civil things. I don't even know what civil engineers do. Uh, or, you know, electrical engineering. It's like packaging engineering. You mean what? But there's a lot of engineering that goes into it. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, they can take the academic route or they can go through like the packagingschool.com, which uh, like I have a course there. There's ways to get different accreditations and certificates there. You can get, you can go through packaging bootcamp and, and learn about stuff. There's Sustainable Packaging Coalition has classes. The Institute of Packaging Professionals has classes as the IOPP, um, which everyone should be down with. Oh yeah, the IOPP, obviously. Obviously. So uh, there's there's various organizations that you can you can gain information to to go in and, and find some work. This is just so fascinating to me. Okay, I am a person that married like a biomedical engineer, so knowing that a packaging engineer is a title that I've never heard of, this is just so cool. So cool. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Like. We never hear of this ever. And we were just talking, Katie and I, about different engineering jobs. Yeah. And this was not on the radar. Yeah. I mean, even even the more, you know, historically blue collar jobs, I mean, there is a shortage of people who know how to run printing presses. Hmm. And and you can live in, in various parts of, of the United States where cost of living is very low and make make a really good salary. Um, to live in those areas. I mean, at one point, I saw a company was paying one hundred and five thousand dollars for somebody to come in and run a run a label printing press, and there weren't there weren't a whole lot of applicants for it. So it's you know there's technical schools that I, I think you can go to to learn that. But even if you're just somebody who is interested in it, there's companies like Myers and others that will bring you in and and train you if you're willing to work hard. And you know, occasionally maybe you have to work third shift. You know, there there's things about it that might not be as glamorous. You're working with ink and, you know, running a flexo press and, you know, turning gears and that kind of stuff. But you you can do pretty well for yourself in the industry because there's just not as many people who are training up and going into it, but the demand is still there or a little bit higher. That's amazing. I'm curious if someone is sitting down and they're like, I want to look for a job in the packaging industry. What are like the keywords, right? Like they're hopping in, they're going to Indeed or Glassdoor or wherever they're looking for jobs these days. What, I mean, do they just type in packaging or are there like titles that are going to help them find some of these jobs? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways. I mean, there, there are job boards. Um, so uh, a friend of mine just started mypackagingcareer.com. People are going to, to find different packaging jobs. There's a company called Spark Packaging that has a bunch of openings that, that you can go, they're a job placement, but they place people into higher level um, positions. You know, I think that the best thing to do is if you look at uh, jobs on LinkedIn, there's actually packaging in containers is an industry segment. And so you can select that and select the area that you want to live. And you'll, you'll see that there is typically quite a few jobs. Of course, if, if, if there's packaging being made there, which there's packaging being made, I don't know, almost everywhere. I mean, I've been, I've spoken at events and been in facilities all over the U.S., really all over the world. So, um, you know, for example, Germany is like a hotbed. If, if you're like, I want to, I want to live in Europe and travel around, it's like, well, you could work in packaging and, and probably go over to the U.K. or to Germany or to France where there's a whole bunch of packaging. There was a, this is a crazy story, but there was a strike at a paper mill in Norway, which was the liner um, that goes on the back of labels, peels off this liner. Yeah. This is actually a paper right here. See, it's tearing. But there was a strike in, um, in 
Finland, I believe it was, at the mill that supplies that. And this was like two years ago. And it became really difficult to get that material. And all I kept thinking was, there's really awesome jobs in like Finland and Norway in, in not only sustainability, but also in packaging. So um, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. And the most, the biggest and most emerging place right now is India. Um, there's an India packaging Institute and there's a ton of innovation coming out of India and, you know, parts of China and South Korea. There's a lot of global opportunities to get involved. It sounds like it. Now, for you personally, how does what you're doing now fit into like what you want to do in the future? Or have you thought about that? Or is this good? You're or you're good where you are? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I think that I've kind of given up uh, what uh, thinking about that too much. And uh, the only reason why maybe this is bad advice. So apologies to the kids. But. I realized, okay, so when I was 20, when I thought, what do I want to do in five years? When I was 25, I was actually super happy and I was not doing what I wanted to do. And the same thing went from 25 to 30 and 30 to 35. Life has a, especially, you know, we, we saw with the disruption that COVID had, right? I mean, life has a way of disrupting our plans you know, the saying that, you know, man makes a plan and then God laughs, right? It's like, so what I've, what I've decided to start doing is saying like, what type of person do I want to be in five years and, and working on those things today. So, you know, I want to be, I want to, I want to be a person who like, I want, I want to know how to speak French. And so every day I get on my dumb Duolingo app and I do one lesson and it takes me four minutes. I don't know if that is going to do anything for my career, but to me, it's like, I just, I want to be a person who is bilingual and I chose French because my son's friend is from Senegal and he speaks French and I decided I wanted to be able to talk to him. Um, you know, I, I read and I pray every day. Like I want, I want to be the best husband that I can be. Um, and that helps me every single morning to, to get just, you know, fixated and, and, and in the right mindset coffee is also a part of that. And so, uh, so that, those are the, like, I want to be in five years, I want to be involved in my kids' lives, um, more than I am today. And I'm really involved in their lives, but so I I have things that I want to be as a person. Mm -hmm. and, And I trust that if I stay focused on, on those controllable things, whatever my career is going to be, I just trust that it's going to be something that enables me to continue to become the type of person that I I will evolve and and grow into. Perfect response. I actually think the kids should really hear that answer. So I appreciate that outlook on it. That was really good. This is one of those interesting interviews where we're talking really more about an industry than just a specific job. Not because your job isn't cool, Adam. You have a very cool job. But I just think there's just all these opportunities in an industry that we don't, like you said, we don't hear about. So I'm really excited that you're willing to come and and talk to us about that, knowing there's so many different opportunities. I'm guessing the pay then is going to be all over the map, depending on what job you have. Um, But are there other benefits that you see beyond pay? I know we all need to live and pay our bills, but what other benefits do you think working in this industry offer that you may not get in other industries? There's like 
kind of like the soft and squishy stuff. So for example, like I, I've worked for some of the largest label printing companies in the world and we print labels for wine bottles and vitamin bottles and various different things. And it's cool to be able to walk through the grocery store and say, yeah, we make that. That's cool. It's just cool, right? Or to be able to walk through the grocery store and pick something up and go, I should be making that. <laughs> They're having some- You're like, I could do, I could do that better. They're having some problems. Um, so there's a tangible component to it that I don't think a lot of people really get to experience that, that I've really enjoyed. And it's cool for my kids because they, we get stuff in the mail and they're looking at it, you know, like you said, Robin, they're breaking stuff down and you know, what about this? And the other day I made a TikTok video with my daughter and I did a whole series where I unboxed stuff with my kids and I did some education with them on it. So there's just a, that there's that kind of like intangible aspect of it that I've really enjoyed. Obviously not everybody would enjoy it. Um, you know, from a, from a maybe a more practical standpoint, there, there are a lot of areas to go and a lot of avenues to go within the industry. Uh, being in Salt Lake City, there I, I run around with a lot of people who are in the SaaS sort of like tech community, and it seems like there there's a there's always like an ebb and flow to it. People are always hustling for their next job and that, and, and then you know I think about my my friend Rick who sold labels for 40 something years and and I'm like that's pretty great you know like it, there there's a lot of those people out there who just sold brown boxes or who worked in the the flexible packaging facility for 28 years and pioneered new materials it's like these people you just don't know about there's not a lot of pressure to get out and go do something else i mean you can really settle into a career in packaging, but you can also pivot because once you're in it, in, in the industry, you just begin to see all this other cool stuff. So I think that's a pretty big benefit that not a ton of industries have. The pay is really good. The recessionary pressures tend to be a lot less impactful. Uh, packaging is a bit of a commodity in a lot of cases. And so like we can't teleport stuff. So like we're not just like hooking up a machine to a cow's udder and then it's just like showing up in your glass. Like there's... Can you work on that? Can you get that going? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, if I could do that, we would not be talking. <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't been able to do that yet. So five years, five years. Yeah. Look, you do have a, you do have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It seems like there's like so many cool things about the packaging industry, especially how I said you can pivot and all of that. So like what challenges have you personally experienced or what challenges could people experience? Well, the biggest challenge to the industry as as a whole is you're you're making trash. Yeah, that's difficult. I mean, at the end of the day, like my buddy has a shirt and it says on a long enough timeline, it all ends up in the landfill. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you know, so there is a very real like it's it, but it's a necessity. Like you're you're making necessary trash, and so the challenge is. How do you participate if you're somebody like myself who believes like I have a I have a, a stewardship mandate to care for the, the earth? How do you balance that with the fact that you're excited when you're making more trash? <laughs> so so there is that that is a challenge that I don't I, I'm not entirely sure how to solve other than 
trying to participate with brands in helping them make the best decision, even if it means that my company is not the one to make their trash. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, actually we're bad at that. We're going to create more waste and you want to go talk to this company over here. So that's how I've really done it in my life is try to get as educated as I can. Like I said, you know, talk to people from the United Nations and the EU and the USDA and understand extended producer responsibility laws and what's actually recycling and how good is composting and go tour recycling plants and look at all of this stuff so that I can be as well educated so when someone says, hey, we want to make a change from material A to material B, what do you think? I can, I can give them and equip them with the best possible answer. So that, but it is a challenge um, for sure. Mm -hmm. The other challenge is, especially when it comes to sales, which is where I spent my entire career for the most part, is that it can be a bit of a commodity. Most companies have, we're all buying the same types of material and we all sort of have the same types of printing presses and you, you, have, a, you have about a 90% failure rate. So you're wow. going to go and try to get people to come buy stuff from you and about 10% of the time they say yes. And being able to take that and say, it doesn't, they're not rejecting me as a person. This is not reflected on me and my, and you know, cause that could really grate against someone's mental health, but being willing to go home and say, no, I had a great day and, uh, and still failed 90% of the time. That's challenging for a lot of people to do. Not a lot of people are cut out for that, to be honest. That's, that's the hardest part about the area that I've chosen to play in the packaging space. Yeah. That's a fair response. Sales, at least as it currently is constructed and maybe it'll change, but as it is right now, is one of the few jobs where you are compensated for your outcome and not for your time, which means that you can be in control of your time by and large, which is freeing and exhausting simultaneously. There have been plenty of times in my life where I have wished that I could show up at a job at 8 a.m. and it would not follow me home when I left at 5 p.m. Uh, because it can be a bit consuming if you're not careful because there's always more to do. There's always more work to do. There's always an email to follow up. There's always somebody else to contact. There's always another call to make. There's always another trade show to attend. It's always more and more and more. It's always, and it's always grabbing at that, that 114 hours of your time. It's just the nature of the job and it sucks, but that's what it is. <laughs> So if you're not prepared for that type of, you know, wrestling with that perceived inequality of compensation and value and also being told no all the time and sometimes being cussed out. I've had people yell at me, hang up the phone and then look at my wife and say, are we still getting ice cream? And she's like, I heard that conversation. Are you insane? Like, right. how do you just go? I mean, like, is not something that everybody is built for. <laughs> Right. So I'm hearing boundaries are important. Compartmentalization is important. Yeah. That's two, that's two big ones. My good friend, one of my best friends in the world is a guy named Johnny Levy. Johnny called it situational fluidity. Mm. Like how quickly can you, can you pivot from one situation to another? And he said, I think that's your superhero power. I love it. I'm grateful for it. Right. And I recognize that not everybody can do that. And that's probably how I can have these organized chaotic days. That's pretty cool to hear about though. Very. Adam, this was so wonderful. Thank you for coming and sharing your insight. I I feel like I learned a lot and I'm thinking Europe now. I'm going to go be in the packaging industry and and run away. So, thank you for my out. We have so loved chatting with you and we look forward to chatting again in the future. Let's do it. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, Adam. You can find Adam on TikTok and X at Packaging Pastor. Be sure to check out his show, People of Packaging Podcast, and his children's book, Packaging Peaks. Visit our website, careerchats.show, for links and more information. Thanks so much for tuning in. Career Chats is hosted by Katie Heddleston and Robin Coney. If you enjoyed this show, we'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, stay curious.